Okay, hello everybody and welcome back to Seriously Disturbed. I'm Savannah. And I'm Lauren. Welcome back again. We're on top of it again. (laughs) Okay, so today, yeah, we're on top. We're doing fine. I was four days late uh, uploading the last one, but it's okay, guys. It's okay. And there's a backlog of episodes that people can catch up on. Yeah. Like we have 18 episodes out. 19. 19 yeah okay we got a lot out there yeah so yeah it's okay um okay so tonight i'm going to do the story of sherry rasmussen have you heard of her it kind of sounds familiar but i don't know anything about it if i even know it yeah okay her rasmussen sounded really familiar to me you know i still can't pinpoint it what Ra ra Rasputin. That's really what it's from. <laughs> yeah, Maybe I okay. can picture the dance. Yeah, you guys probably know the Wii dance. Yeah, yes. yeah. Da, da, da. that one's like one of the hardest workouts, literally ever. So good. Lots though. of bending. Yeah, that's a good one. Lots of bending. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sherry. Um. I don't know. Maybe she's related. I don't know. Maybe. But I'm not going to cite my sources. We can save that for the end because the sources just kind of give away the story and the titles. And I hate that. So just for the sake of the listener, I'm not going to read those at the beginning. (laughs) We're going to keep you on your toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And me on my toes because I don't know the story either. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So are you ready, Lo? Yes. Okay. Right. On February 24th, 1986, Sherry Rasmussen was found beaten and shot to death inside of her home in Van Nuys, California. Sherry was just 29 years old and a director of nursing at the Glendale Adventist Medical Center. Um, so she was described as extremely bright and kind person. She skipped two grades when she was younger and ended up starting college when she was 16 years old. So she was like, yeah, she was on life's fast track. She was a director at a hospital and she's only 29. We got a Um, smarty pants on her. Yeah, she's a smart gal. She's a sweet gal. Um, And at this time, she was newly married to her husband, John Rutten. I think that's how you pronounce it. Okay. So. R-U-E-T-T-E-N. Rutten. Um, I'd say so. Yeah. So she was like on a high of her life. Like she was, you know, had a great job, just got married. Um, Family just described her as just like a kind person. So again, we always say don't be a kind person because I feel like all these stories are always about like the bright light people. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. What is like the community saying? Like, light up a room yeah oh yeah they light up a room yeah Yeah. don't be that person no (laughs) or free spirit free spirit yeah 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 Yeah. um so prior to their marriage john um her husband was a mechanical engineering major at ucla and during this time he was you know like any college boy he was messing around with girls Mm. um and he was on and off with this girl stephanie lazarus uh stephanie was an athlete at ucla and her and john would be like what you consider i what i would consider is a situationship so like they were hooking up um but like she clearly liked him like that and i think he just like it was a convenient thing and never considered her or 
yeah, her, his girlfriend. Right. So, yeah. yeah, we're familiar with the setup. Very familiar yeah. with the situation. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I can feel her that way. <laughs> yeah. I had my fair share of situationships. Oh, um, yes. So that they, the timelines on the situationship, they say it's from like 1981 to 1984, um, lasted through graduation and into the start of their careers. Um, Stephanie became a police officer and John, um, I believe, went into mechanical engineering. You know, what he did in college. Yeah. So that's the setup of John's like history prior to uh, meeting Stephanie, his wife. So um, at the end of that situation ship uh, is when John met Sherry and um, his soon to be wife. So at this time, him and Stephanie remained friends um Ooh. and she even i know so like it was like a you know like the friends but like you know goes one way but then you know yeah whatever so can't he be, kept, can't be doing that yeah yeah so he kept her around as a friend and she even threw him a surprise birthday on his 25th birthday um i'm not super clear on the details here but uh i think it's around this time that uh stephanie finds out that john is now um, seeing Sherry and is like seriously dating her. Okay. Um, so naturally, Stephanie is heartbroken. I'm about to say, yeah, by John kind of being friends with her, she's like, there's still a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. He's yeah. definitely like not handling it well. <laughs> Which Most boys men don't. never do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she's heartbroken and she ends up at one point like writing a letter to john's mom saying how devastated she is and how much she loves him and oh, like damn. yeah how he she can't believe he's making this decision so like she's like really seeing a future with him and john is just not and he's moving on and like pursuing sherry which obviously because sherry's an amazing woman like yeah. she's been excelling at her career she's you know you know everything great yeah. so but um even then john continues to pursue his relationship with sherry and eventually asks her to marry him um so during this time sherry does learn about stephanie because stephanie keeps coming around mm. um she's like inserting herself into it because she just can't really let go and like believe that he wants to be with her um yeah. so yeah she ends up coming to their apartment that her like sherry and john live in together um, to ask him to do things like, for example, wax her skis for her. Oh my god, I thought you were about to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, so John actually did end up at one point hooking up with her while he was pursuing Sherry before they got married. Yeah. Oh hell. Yeah, he says he did it to give her closure. No, you didn't, John. Yeah, like what? <laughs> like no, what? Like you had to do that? No, you did not have to do that. I think that's the opposite of closure, John, actually. Literally. So obviously that fuels um, Stephanie's fire to like believe there's a chance. Yes. Yeah, it just yeah. reignited the little flame that was slowly burning out and now it's a full ass flame yeah. again yeah that makes so, any sense i don't know no it does but yeah she, like he like re sparked that up yeah. yes yes no, he's dumb like mm -hmm. in i don't know 
whatever i john's just ugh, like oh he's just a boy <laughs> he's just a boy yeah so um after that sherry ends up visiting the house whenever john was gone to sorry i meant stephanie stephanie oh. visits the house while john is gone to tell sherry that he still wants to be with her um and like is telling her about how he still hooked up with her or like i don't even know if she said hooked up but she said like he still has feelings for me i say this was the 1980s i doubt she's <laughs> hooked up yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're right yeah we're yeah what are they what was the lingo i don't know didn't they used to say like instead of dating that they're going steady yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> i don't I mean, know what the John, hookup the hookup John's only gonna her. go steady with me no. yeah exactly that's what she's saying yeah so but i but i don't even think that she said all that basically she just alluded to the fact that there was still a future with john yeah and when john hears about this he tells sherry to shrug it off like he wants nothing to do with stephanie you know whatever blowing it off blowing it off because gaslighting her literally so So i don't know who the enemy is in this but john's just really (laughs) not doing it for me at the moment honestly there's there's different enemies at different levels okay yeah yeah Yeah. so with all this history um so just that kind of gave the paint a picture of what was going on in sherry's life like leading up to the marriage right after the marriage and like this whole ongoing stephanie was like lingering around so even Um, after they got married stephanie like still was in the picture okay yeah and so so after um sherry's death her family um saw stephanie as the main suspect because that from what sherry was telling them stephanie she felt was stalking her um like she she swore that she could like see stephanie coming by in the police car and things like that because again stephanie would like show up in uniform and things to kind of like i feel like intimidate her Mm. but it wasn't blatant so she couldn't like blatantly say that she was doing the stuff to her right like Like, not enough to like tell someone anything. yeah yeah she yeah. just had a gut feeling that yes yes and so not really a gut feeling she just knew but there wasn't enough proof yes like there was something there but like it just yeah you just you know she felt crazy probably <laughs> yeah and i'm um, sure john's like not seeing it either as much and probably like blowing it off yeah no he totally he's he's like basically gaslighting her but probably because he wants to downplay the relationship mm-hmm. knowing that he was being like you know sneaky yeah so yeah but at the time of uh the murder uh police did not have access to dna like they do now mm-hmm. um so based on the crime scene it looked like it was a robbery gone wrong um things were scattered everywhere um and Recently, there had been another robbery, like, nearby with two men. Mm. So they assumed that it was probably the same guys that had robbed the other home that robbed uh, Sherry and it had just gone wrong. Oh. Um, because, yeah. So they found, like, all the electronics were, like, stacked up in one place. And it looked like Sherry may have, like, came upon them, like, 
gathering mm-hmm. all this stuff and like they freaked out and ended up killing her so but that's why wouldn't the they assume- take the stuff then exactly yeah okay. no Weird. they so at the time that's that's what the theory was they didn't have any proof on anybody so it basically was a cold case but like it just was left unsolved for years they assumed it was a robbery gone wrong but again they had no proof in you know, either like, way like the timeline of when she was murdered like what happened i know you said that she was like bludgeoned in her home or something but do you know like what yeah, they're so like yes what the theory they, was? they so she that morning she was supposed to go to work and I don't even think I wrote this down. I just remember it from reading it. Mm-hmm. So she was supposed to go into work, but she was supposed to do a motivational speak speech that day or something to her team. But, uh, and this is all from John because he um, was obviously like the last person to be with her Yeah, because she called him after he had already gone to work and saying she's going to call sick out of work because she didn't want to do this motivational speech, whether she was like nervous or whatever. Like she was going <laughs> to call him, say she was, yeah, <laughs> say she was sick and not go to work and like blame it on an injury or something she had like the mm-hmm. day prior. So, um, so she, it seems that she called into work sick, didn't go to work. So she's at the house when they found her, she was like in a robe and like a nightgown with underwear on. So she was like, in what seemed like lounging clothes and her car was not in the um garage like the garage door was open and mm-hmm. her bmw was gone but it was later found abandoned so Weird. so john yeah. was the only one that would even have known that she would have been home yeah or i guess her co-workers oh true true true, true. yeah okay so um, I'm just trying to pin it on John somehow. I know. <laughs> okay, I need to stop. I need to have an open mind. Okay. Yeah, have an open mind. So not I mean the police didn't have any open mind, so true. You know. Well. But um so they found her and they actually found that the uh like she was beaten, she was bit. Oh. And yeah, and it looked like her whoever shot her muffled the shot with like I can't remember if it was uh like blanket or something, some kind of like blanket or towel or something to muffle mm-hmm. the shot sound because it was like in the middle of the day or like in the morning. True. Yeah. And neighbors neighbors said that they heard um some yelling, but they thought it was just some sort of like domestic situation, but like not enough for them to call the cops because they never heard a gunshot or anything. Um Jeez. So they just thought, like, you know, mind my business, whatever. I mean, I've had that happen where I hear my neighbors and I'm like, yeah, like, what's the time? Like, just in case, but like, oh my you don't God. want to overstep. <laughs> we used to do that all the time in college. When we'd hear like a random sound. We're like, what's the time? In yeah, case. it's nine. Well, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is a crime. What's the time? Exactly. But also you like don't want to like overstep and then your neighbors think you're a freak. So. Yeah, true. No, it's it's a it's a weird line place. of when to cross when there's that situation when you yeah. don't know what's really going on i know like the the crime follower in me is like oh my god it, i need to call but then i'm like no i literally look crazy yeah so yeah so police were never definitively able to prove anything so again the case sat cold for over 20 years oh wow. um yeah and then in 2004 a new detective was brought on to the cold case and at this time dna testing had evolved 
and the evidence was able to be re-examined. So um, there was a bite mark on Sherry's body, um, and there was saliva taken from that bite mark that was collected mm-hmm. back in 1986. But it is now, like, now they finally can use that DNA for something. Yeah. And they couldn't, like, connect it to any one person, but they did confirm that the DNA was female. So. Oh. Yeah. Huh. So. Interesting. <laughs> uh-huh. Sorry, no one John. In the database. I know we <laughs> defamation. Oh, <laughs> um, my bad. It's fine. I, it's fair. He was not like you know squeaky clean Mm-mm. by any means. Um, I thought you were kind of gonna say whenever some like whenever you said teeth mark, it made me think of Ted Bundy's thing. I know. I feel like yeah. How it's they always... was that Ted Bundy where they did like a dental thing of his teeth. And matched it up. It, I don't know if it was Ted, but I remember like they definitely have done things where they've tested like the the uh-huh. bite, the bite yeah, mark. Not what they did here, which okay. I don't know if they either didn't think of that or whatever, but they were using the saliva from the bite mark, which is even crazier to me that you can keep saliva on an arm for years. <laughs> yeah, like and I know it's, it's swiped off, but like still. Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The whole process of like keeping DNA for years and years is just insane to me. I'm like, how? Yeah. Like, like how does it not like evaporate? Like, I don't know. Yeah, like dry <laughs> up. Like, I, I don't, don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand what DNA is, but it freaks no, me out. I don't either. And but the fact that my DNA is everywhere, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I don't scary. know. Okay. So, anyway, anyway, back to it. So they find out it's a female, but um. They uh didn't like at the time have any leads on a female. So mm-hmm. the woman that was reinvestigating re- reinvestigating saw that there was a report of an ex girlfriend who was allegedly stalking mm-hmm. Sherry before a murder, but there was no name attached to this female. So, so how did she know? So the I don't know like about it, the, the stalking. Parents, I think the parents they I I read a lot of I read a lot of different articles, but the parents had said they always reported to police that they thought it was Stephanie, the ex. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that at one point that was in a record that um, the ex, but maybe they just didn't say her name because she wasn't law enforcement. I was about time. to say, cause she was a police yeah. officer. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. so then this new investigators asking around and realizes that the woman was Stephanie Lazarus, a now high-level detective for the LAPD. Oh, shit. Yeah. So oh. she, now, 20 years later, is a detective herself, but she's in, at this point in her career, she's in the art theft department. It's like the commercial crimes division. So it's a little bit different than, um, like, cold cases or murders or anything, like homicide. Who would have thought there would have been a whole unit for art theft? literally they said that there's only like i think there was like two of them and i guess it makes sense like in los angeles that would be probably where that yeah happen like lots of money and stuff yeah yeah okay that's just i know i I literally have never heard of that until now so well and i'm just thinking like literally like pictures on the wall like someone stole my picture (laughs) (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah well it's probably more like fraud and like you know they're worth like millions and millions of dollars and yeah fakes no. and things yeah i get it it's just silly to me I, it is silly like 
yeah someone stole my artwork no it fell down again so i need to do something (laughs) i was like wait a second it isn't there yeah no i it fell for like the third time so it's on the floor until i figure out the situation so no so no one's harmed by the painting um anyway stephanie when we need her (laughs) (laughs) she's in never mind i can't ruin it so um they at the time they were quick to shut down like any potential her involvement in anything with this case um she was highly respected detective and was a huge part of the community um and she's also now married to another detective in the lapd um Um, so like she's very well connected yeah (laughs) or john whatever john yeah whatever yeah finally got over john and together they also had an adopted daughter so the new investigators decided to drop her from like their investigation and and inevitably drop the case Mm -hmm. um and it remained cold so like her name gets brought up but obviously i think people were just too scared to even entertain that idea um and it's like you're like throwing your coworker under the bus a little bit like you don't know like and she's like never done anything like yeah and has been a stand-up person's adopt the daughter is married like you know yeah and obviously is well connected in the lapd mm-hmm. exactly so um but in 2009 so this was in 2004 but in 2009 as crime was slowing down for the lapd they decided to reopen some cold cases again so now there's new detectives on the scene um, these detectives again went back to look at the Sherry Rasmussen case. Um, this time starting over from the very beginning with a lens of a female suspect. So now they have like a little bit more perspective because of the DNA and everything. And with the knowledge that the DNA collected from the bite marks, they had five persons of interest, oh. one of which did include Stephanie Lazarus, um, but they considered her the least likely least likely suspect um but they had to keep her on the list until they could rule her out yeah Um, being good detectives you know yeah i wonder like what the other four were i know and i could not find information i'm sure if i dug a little harder i could but one by one the other four women were ruled out leaving only stephanie as a suspect so yeah this was jarring to them and Obviously, there was huge implications, so they kept it extremely secret, and they only referred to her as suspect number five Mm. and worked on this case after hours and behind closed doors. So it was, like, top secret because, obviously, they started to realize it was likely her, Yeah, but they needed to be extra sure before they went down that path. Oh, yeah. Um, Because um, I I need to find where I read this, and I... But I'm pretty sure they even said that Stephanie Lazarus at one point had, like, started her own, like, I I don't know if it was, like, a not a company, but a group that, like, does homicide cases and stuff. And, like, Like she overcompensated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And that's just, like, sorry, you go. No, you're fine. Go. I was just thinking, like, and she's so high up. To, I think we've already talked about this, but, like, she's mm-hmm. fucking strong. <laughs> if you guys aren't watching video, <laughs> watch video last week with Sav and her massive straw. It is cracking yeah. me up. 
and this yeah. week obviously but yeah um as I was like she's so high up too that I feel like if they got it wrong like she could easily pull strings and get these detectives fired yes yeah so she's well connected <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like yeah. their job is on the line here exactly so and obviously I, I I don't even know but I'm guessing the dynamics if like these people are new even since 2004 then like yeah they're probably less seniored than uh-huh she is yeah so um when they felt like they had enough they took it to their superiors to gain approval to collect dna from stephanie so at this point they're pretty sure it's her but they just need to confirm and match the dna like once and for all Mm -hmm. um so um once they get approval and they did it all legally i just i don't you know again don't understand all the legal legalese so they follow yeah. stephanie um when she was off work and she had like a a drink and with a straw and she threw the drink away and then the um oh, undercovers came and grabbed her drink they swabbed the dna compared it to the dna from the bite mark on the woman and it was a match so oh, stephanie <laughs> yeah well, literally yeah i i think it's just kind of crazy Maybe not back in like the 1980s, but don't you, if you work any job, like your fingerprints and your DNA is on, maybe not DNA, maybe I'm just thinking fingerprints, but don't they have like record of you? Yes, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. And maybe when she started in 1986, they weren't doing that. Yeah. But also, um, they, at the, in, in the crime scene, I don't think I wrote this in a note, but I do remember reading this too. They found a bloody thumbprint on the pile of electronics yeah but the bloody thumbprint was like it came from like a glove a gloved hand so oh. like there was no fingerprint so that's also why they uh started going down the stephanie path because like a cop would know to wear gloves and obviously not to leave any dna or like to leave any fingerprints yeah especially no, then because it probably wasn't dna there was just fingerprint uh-huh yeah okay so um yeah so by then um I, I i'll go through the details i don't know if i wrote them down later or not but i just remember them again and they the gun like they had the bullet or whatever ballistics for a certain gun and that gun stephanie did own that specific type of gun during that time period mm-hmm. because they had their on-duty guns and then they had off-duty what they call backup guns and all of the police at that time had to have a certain kind of backup gun so like you could have a personal oh. gun but it had to be a certain kind i don't know why mm-hmm. um but it fell within that description and it the gun she was registered to own personally also was that same kind of gun and then 13 days later after the murder she reported that same gun as missing to a different police department so not she's trying to cover her tracks yeah yeah so she reported that gun missing like it all adds up now in hindsight but at the time either i think the police obviously didn't want that to be true or like couldn't fathom that to be true i don't know but yeah um and, and also with the... like back i don't know if like in the 1980s they had gun ballistics yeah i don't know i yeah. don't know yeah i don't know about that so um 
at this point they wanted to bring her in but in a way that like wouldn't tip her off because obviously it's a little bit different when you're dealing with someone who's very uh skilled in like interrogations and things like that's literally her job so yeah they need to like get her in a way that i don't know doesn't throw her off so they have a colleague that's like not close to her i guess they had like a group of people that like weren't like friends with her that they used to do this <laughs> which i mean that's so crazy yeah but um they called her and said that she had um someone ready to speak about one of her art crime cases so that they <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they <laughs> called her into like one of the places that has interrogation rooms uh-huh. where you have to like leave your gun and everything at the door oh hell, in order yeah. to go in so they wanted her to not have her gun and everything just in case like i don't know like she obviously murdered someone and so smart she's about to be caught uh-huh. yeah so they called her to a place where she had to like leave her gun and everything at the door thinking that she's about to interrogate a cr- criminal but in turn she's actually the one being interrogated oh god so when out she of gets love in the to room, see video of this i know i'm like this is so crazy i'm surprised we never heard of it uh-huh um yeah i had literally never heard of this but um so when she got to the interrogation room they turned it on her obviously but as discreetly as possible saying that they only did this because they're reopening the case but and um she was the ex-girlfriend of john at the time and they just want to clear her and ask her a couple questions. Um, but they did it like discreetly because obviously her husband's in the LAPD and they didn't want like office gossip to go around. So they're doing this like to protect her basically. Yeah. So they're like casually asking her questions, like trying to see like if her story matches and like what she says now compared to then and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they even go in and out of conversation of like, work-related topics that have nothing to do with Sherry and, like, back to the interrogation to, like, keep it as casual as they can so she doesn't, like, ask for a lawyer or leave or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. So eventually, as they start, like, kind of going more in on her, she, like, catches on and she's like, I'm leaving. Like, you're Mm. uh, accusing me of this, blah, blah, blah. And, but they already had, like, what they needed. So as she leaves the interrogation room, another group comes in and arrests her because at the same time they had a warrant for her house and so they were all going through her house the whole time she was being interrogated oh my god (laughs) like this is crazy i'm eating this up this is real life i know know. so they're going through her house and they're finding like her old diaries and stuff and she's talking about how much she loved john and like how like devastated she was obviously and all that stuff like we already knew yeah and um yeah so at this time, um, whenever she went to court in front of the judge for like the bail hearing mm-hmm. or whatever, um, the judge required $10 million in cash for her release, um, which is higher than even what the defense was requesting her bail yeah. be. So uh, the judge was like, the evidence is so clear and so strong. And obviously she's a detective. Her husband's an LAPD, like, she has reason to like that she could run or hide or you know whatever uh-huh yeah get out of this somehow so um oh yeah here's where i had all the evidence so we went through all that the gun um oh and she was off the day of the murder so wow. like on top of like everything like she had the day off like she doesn't have an alibi mm-hmm. yada 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 so 
Sherry's family had been saying this for years and I even offered to pay for DNA testing back in the day. Like when it was like first came out, uh-huh. her dad literally offered to pay for the DNA testing, but the police at the time told her dad to stop watching too many TV shows. Oh my um, gosh. And like saying that, like he was watching too many shows to be like accusing Stephanie as being the killer. So basically gaslighting the dad. Yeah. You know, they like knew the whole time. They're just trying so, to protect their their people. Exactly. So I mean, and it is really like a TV show. Like that is crazy. I know you probably don't want to think the worst of people. So honestly, they probably like couldn't. Mm-hmm. But like that's also your job is to literally be suspicious of everyone. Yeah. Like, sorry but, you hired a bad person, but it's not my literally. Fault. Exactly. So in March of 2012, Stephanie was found guilty of first degree murder and was sentenced to 27 years to life in prison. You know, whatever that means. Yeah. And um, even, oh, and at one point, I didn't know where this could fit in. So I'll just tell you now, John. So after Sherry was murdered, um, there was a point where Stephanie like was trying to get back with him for a little mm. bit. Obviously. I was going to ask like, about she, this. Yeah. And John called the police department just to make sure that that they really didn't think that Stephanie did this because he wanted to make sure that she wasn't the one that murdered his wife. Oh, hell. Um, so he even But John sus- says he never. Yeah, he was suspicious of her, but uh-huh. I don't even know if they ended up hooking up or anything after that. But obviously they both moved on. Um, yeah, just thought that was interesting. I about to say, all of that, you go and murder this man's wife and then you just go and get married to a different man. I know. Like, you did this for what? For what? What was your purpose? Yeah. I don't know. It's freaking crazy. Um, So on November... People are literally insane. Uh, But on November 16th of 2023, so just last year in November, she was recommended for parole. So now, like today, February 28th or whatever it is, 2024 she has not been released to my knowledge but they're using some site some sort of law or something to say that when the crime was committed she was 26 so there's like this rule or this like like some kind of law that was enacted that says if you're 26 or younger you have to be heavily considered for parole because your brain was not fully developed at the time of the crime to make a decision i don't know but no, and the lawyer for, like, the family was saying, like, um, but you, like, the police, the government, or whoever, I don't know, considered her fit to carry a gun and be a right. like, police officer oh, at that same time. So, like, this point. argument can't be used if you guys saw her fit at the time uh-huh. to be a police officer. So, great point. I'm guessing that's how it, like, worked out, but, so, like, right now she's still in jail, but she has been was recommended for parole but then it goes to i think the governor or something and then he has 120 days or something to make mm-hmm. a decision and as of today she is still in prison um wow but yeah so this story is like seriously crazy to me and i'm shocked we've never heard it and i'm really just shocked that she got away with it for 20 something 20 years. years yeah acted completely normal was a like moving up the ranks as a detective like yeah yeah you know a criminal you know one because you are one. Oh yeah so. i think it is just yeah. so like crazy and so hopeful to think of all of the 
cold cases that can be solved from DNA and yeah. like genealogy testing, like the Golden State Killer and now her. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, the um, uh, uh, the one the killer on the high bridge. What, what what was that with like the two girls that were walking on the bridge and then that guy that murdered them and it was a cold case for years. Oh, no, I don't. I can't remember. Oh, I'll but, do that one next. I mean, week. there's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that, but yeah. Oh, no, I think you'll remember. I remember listening to you with it. It's a crime junkie episode. Oh, okay. And we'll yeah. be, but, a good but that one just got solved like a couple months ago, I think, from oh. DNA testing. Yeah. See, so. yeah, I know it's crazy. They just need, I bet, like, police stations just probably need more time to go mm-hmm. through and do all these. But. Yeah yeah Insane. okay well we have a minute <laughs> we have one minute left until zoom kicks us off so yeah <laughs> sav do you want to well, take it away say our goodbyes yeah. well thank you everyone for listening to another episode of seriously disturbed um we'll see you guys next week and as always like sus- subscribe follow us on instagram um share it with a friend do all the things but we love you bye yeah. We love you all and goodbye and good night. Good day.